Hi, we're here with Summer Trail Chamonix and we're here with Sophie Woods or Sophie Grant as she's otherwise known in the racing community. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. And I know it's not summer anymore but today certainly feels like it, doesn't it? Oh, it's been beautiful. I've been able to run out this sports bra, it's been amazing. <laughs> I know, but it's gone from having snow on the top of like a Guida Midi like a week and a half ago to now yeah, running around in a sports bra, it's nuts. Yeah, it's, uh, the mountains for you. It is. Unpredictable weather. Yeah. <laughs> so what brings you to Chamonix? Um, we're back at the moment just kind of now, we're just waiting for the snow to be honest. Mm -hmm. I've got a few more races this year but then we'll be, we're sitting in here for another ski season. Said it's always nice to be in the mountains. Yeah. So you're originally from New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were living in the UK. Yeah. So I yeah. lived in the UK for 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, before that, I was living in Christchurch, which is where I grew up in New Zealand, and uh, moved to the UK when I was 20. Mm -hmm. Took up running while I lived there, okay. and then uh, about a year and a half ago, my husband and I decided that our lifestyle in London was unsustainable as we were trying to get to the mountains too much and we needed to change something so we moved into a camper van. How's that going? It's amazing. <laughs> Best thing we've ever done. I, it just, I cannot tell you the freedom of yeah. being out on the road and able to move around. It's a very nice way to live. Yeah, it makes you a very hard woman to pin down as I found. <laughs> it's like, oh she's in Chamonix. Oh no she's not. <laughs> she's gone again. <laughs> Yeah, it does make the option for travelling quite uh, <laughs> often happen. Yeah, but that seems to work in well with the running in any case. It does, it does. I'm very lucky that I've got such a supportive husband who wants to traipse around yeah. after me in various races. <laughs> and does he run as well? He is dabbling a little bit. He, mm -hmm. um, he doesn't really run very much because he had a lot of surgery on his foot when he was little. Mm -hmm. So he's not necessarily going to be able to do the long distances that I do but he does love to be out in the mountains so we also uh, rock climb and road bike for him mm -hmm. but he's got it into his head that he might want to do the PTL next year which is a bit Ooh. terrifying so we'll see he's kind of gone from <laughs> zero to nothing yeah okay <laughs> not a runner but I'll do the PTL but I guess that's not really running as such is it that's more of a, a big hike Adventure. yeah <laughs> And assuming you'd be the other half in that, yeah. that partner. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. He's just, he uh, tends to put these ideas into my head and I'm immediately like, oh, I don't know about that. And he lets them sit there for a while until they become a bit more normal. Mm -hmm. So cool. we'll see. Yeah. Because you've been doing UTMB now for five years running. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a sucker for it. <laughs> I know, I jotted down your times before. So you were like 40 hours 41 in 2014. 3101 2015, then 3153 2016, bit of a glitch, but then 3029 in 17, and then last year 2751, or this year I should say, but last UTMB. So that's yeah. amazing. I, uh, I always knew that I had a sort of sub 28 hour finish in me. It was just a lot of things had to go right. A lot of things have to go right when you're running the UTMB mm -hmm. to get the time that you know you can. Yeah, that first year was a big learn for me. <laughs> like it was my first hundred mile race, mm -hmm. and I suffered a lot. I really did, but it was really important to me, and it's still very important to me to finish the races that I start. Yeah, no matter what that means or how that works. And so, what sort of things had to go right for you then to get that sub twenty eight? 
so I normally throw up quite a lot when I race. Okay, nice. So <laughs> I needed that to not be such of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the f- previous years, I've had a lot of chafing. I've had uh, just mental stuff going on. Um, I think as well, I've tended to go out, get excited and go out probably too fast. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do that. That first 10K is very runnable it's all quite downhill yeah um so i needed to learn how to just back off a little bit and that it was okay to let people pass me and that was you know it's a long way yeah um but yeah i just i had to have that sort of stuff fall into place and just know that it was it was going to be okay you know know that i could race that second half and i've never felt so good in the second half of a race yeah as i did this year at the utmb why do you think that was then what obviously you slowed down a bit at the start i could eat the first point you could eat that was i mean that was just life-changing to be able to actually ingest food and why could you eat did you do something differently yeah i did i i I, um i ran slower at the start which Mm -hmm. really helped i also didn't try and force feed myself like i used to I'd get panicky that I wasn't getting any calories in and so I would shove loads of gels in and stuff like that and so I now mainly just use tailwind at the start because I know that it works for me mm-hmm. um, and I don't worry about not getting in calories because I just have to tell myself as long as I'm drinking I'm getting enough Yeah. Um, and so to be able to then actually get in some food in the second half was just it's amazing I mean these people that can eat when they race it's just I'm very jealous and what sort of food were you eating then in the second half um so I used a wee bit of long haul um because mm-hmm. I don't tend to produce that much saliva when I okay. run so it's always been an issue like even when I could get in food actually what food that was yeah you know I can't eat bars because they just stack in my mouth there's <laughs> nothing that gets them down so I was using long haul and also just some uh rice and eggs that my husband had sort of fried up for me oh. um, and the soup oh yeah that lovely soup I love soup on a race yeah just that mm. stuff that they give you at the aid stations with the uh, salty broth that kind of that little combination seem to work well sometimes I can get in a few boiled potatoes mm-hmm. if you're lucky yeah <laughs> it is very much that it is very much just have all of the options there and then see what sticks yeah if nothing does know that at least I'm getting in calories from my drink yeah okay so that was the food issue sorted yeah and then what about the chafing what did you do to or did you still get that no so this is a bit graphic but um a few years ago I when I was running the UTMB I mean downstairs was so bad that I was having to sit in rivers to try and alleviate some oh, of the pain no. <laughs> yeah, a whole, uh, whole, whole areas were no longer there oh, when God. I uh, finished that race. <laughs> no romance after the race no, then? No, it's just, it's awful. I mean, I used to get that with my back, to be honest, as well. Like, I just don't seem to have the sort of skin that likes to stay on yeah. if it's being rubbed. So now I take my back mm-hmm. every time I race over eight hours, yep. and that sorted that out. And it didn't matter what top I was wearing, what bra I was wearing, what bag I was wearing. If I don't tape it, it comes off. Yeah. Um, but I also have discovered an incontinence cream. Okay. <laughs> called, Kavi- I think it's Kavilon, mm-hmm. C-A-V-I-L-O-N, which 
has completely changed my undercarriage situation in a long race. <laughs> Between the, applying that and making sure that I apply my sports shield every mm-hmm. aid station that I see my husband at. Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I'm so used to it now that honestly, I spend half the time at these aid stations with my hands down my pants. Yeah. So like, <laughs> even just look. chatting to people, yeah. you know, applying whatever lube or cream I need to. But um, I now can finish 100 miles and have not lost any skin. That's amazing. Life-changing. Yeah. yeah. How did you come across incontinence cream? <laughs> so my, I'm very lucky that my husband is very supportive of my racing and it means he does a lot of research. Okay. So he did a lot of research into uh, options for what I could use mm. and came across this magic cream. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because most other people use like traditional lubes, you know, or squirrel nut butter and yeah, things I haven't like that. tried squirrel nut butter, so I would actually like to give it a go. But mm. I think, yeah, after the state that it was in a few years ago, <laughs> <laughs> some heavy duty medication was really just sort of needed to sort that one out. Um, but it's definitely good to have, again, just stuff in your arsenal. Yeah. But when you hit an aid station, if you've got problems, I mean, that's what ultra running is about, really, isn't it? It's about problem learning, solving. Yeah. learning to manage yourself over long distances. Yeah. So if you've got options when you hit an aid station, it can make the run a whole lot more enjoyable. Yeah. I think that's the difference between like having support along the race or doing something totally on your own. Like, yeah, you can have that whole arsenal of stuff in the car you know everything you need changes of clothes and yeah makes a big difference yeah. mm. I think the other thing that really helped with the uh, end of the UTMB was music oh. I had some really cheesy banging drum and bass I hadn't really <laughs> listened to much music up until that point and I, I got it out and it just when you're running downhill and you're in a lot of pain putting music on makes a huge amount of difference yeah you just stop stop worrying so much about your feet or how your pods feel and you can just go like it's start singing some tunes yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> exactly i mean i must look completely ridiculous singing but i do i do i start singing and dancing downhill and it makes <laughs> such a difference and do you normally listen to music then not all the time so mm-hmm. if i'm if i'm doing an easy session or maybe on a really long run then i will Put music on then I never listen to it when I'm doing a, like a hard training session because mm-hmm. I think it's really important to focus on how you feel and what running fast feels like and what running uphill strong feels like instead of being carried away with whatever you're listening to yeah but it made it's made a big difference for me racing downhill mm-hmm. because I find that if I'm listening to music with a really good beat and maybe some female vocals that I stop paying attention to my feet and once you stop paying t- attention to your feet running downhill, you go so much faster. <laughs> you do. I you, need to learn that. <laughs> yeah, because it just, I think that's the problem. Like our feet, our bodies know what to do. It's when we get involved in the situation that problems start happening. <laughs> yeah. So if you can stop that mm. connection between your head and your feet, yeah. then they just get on with it. Okay. Might have to try that. Because, yeah, I don't <laughs> listen to music when I'm running either. And I've tried it in races and I find it just annoys me, so I put it back in my bag. But You've got to find the right music. Mm. And for me, really, really cheesy drummer bass works yeah. really well. Like, <laughs> I need beats and I need female, like, I quite like female vocals mm-hmm. or just vocals. So, something I could possibly sing to, but something that's got the right pace that makes me want to dance downhill. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Drum and bass. <laughs> okay. And what sort of things have you changed over the years as well to get these results in UTMB? Like how has your training changed or are you getting coached or are you not coached? So I am, I am coached. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm coached by Robbie Britton at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, when we first left 
to live in the van. So I was coached by Stuart Mills. It was amazing. He got me, you know, my sub three marathon time. He um, was coaching me when I placed 10th at the UTMB, which I think was the 31, one of the 31 hour finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got me fast and he, he really helped. But then we were leaving the country, so I decided to stop doing that. And I, I kind of, I wanted to fall back in love with running again. So I went uncoached for a while. And I just, I just like to run in the mountains. Like I just spend too much time just <laughs> running in the mountains, not really getting strong. Well, I mean, just getting stronger, but not really focusing on anything. There's a lot of just running for days. Yeah. And it wasn't getting me any better. I wasn't getting any faster. I wasn't feeling like I was actually getting better. So I asked Robbie if he would mind coaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really good to have a coach again. Yeah. Someone to answer to. Just someone to answer to. I quite like to be told what to do. Like when it comes to this, I I don't need someone to run with me, but I just have someone tell me, this is what you need to be doing this week. Mm -hmm. It just takes that responsibility away a bit. Yeah. I really like that. (laughs) I really, really like that. Um, I'm actually learning to become a coach myself at the moment because... I really, I've really enjoyed that whole process of being coached. Yeah. I've really enjoyed learning, you know, the different styles of coaching that these two have had. So I kind of, I want to explore what that might mean for me mm. being a coach. Yeah. I still want to continue to be coached. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to be responsible for my own training, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to hand it off. Well, I was about to say that because I do coaching as well, but to write my own plans, it's terrible because I have to answer to myself, which I'm really easy to convince myself that I didn't need to do that tempo session, that yeah. I could just run in the mountains instead. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, maybe I need to look at a coach as well because, yeah. yeah, you do just take away with yourself, don't you, and say, oh, I'm just going to go for a run. Oh, it's too easy. There's no to target. Do, no, there's exactly. No, it's too yeah. easy to just go and run for eight hours here, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For most people, this isn't a problem. I yeah. understand that. <laughs> when you're in beautiful places and there's beautiful trails to explore, then it's really hard not to just go and Enjoy run them. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm lucky. I'm lucky that Robbie is very—he's uh, very good with me. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I have to message him and be like, "I'm really sorry. I know that I was only meant to run an easy run for an hour, but I've now been going six. <laughs> So uh-huh. he's, uh, he's, he's good. Okay. And does he adjust your plan then and yeah. accordingly? Yeah. <laughs> he's very much like, okay, well, sometimes you just need to run, don't you? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sometimes you do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it must have helped then, like, leaving sort of full-time employment and being able to run more, train more? Yes. Although I, uh, I was less structured about it. I'm, I'm quite a lot lazier now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, people always look at me strangely when I say that, but you know, when I was working 40 hours a week, and I had, I was running, you know, anywhere between, gosh, 60 to 100 miles a week, depending on what I was training for. I was really good at fitting that in around my work, you know, like I structuring yeah, it right. I got yeah. up early. I ran my 10 miles before work. I, yeah. you know, knew that I had that time, and that was it. Now it's like, oh, I sometimes don't get out of bed till 10 and then, you know, like you've got two runs for the day and it's like lunchtime and you still haven't done the first one. But it, um, it, has, it has been really nice to be able to take a step back from feeling so pressured. Mm. 
you know, like I think that was part of the reason that we left was because both of us just had spent a long time being under a lot of pressure in London. Yeah. And London was amazing, it was everything we needed to be for a very long time, but it just, it got too much, you know, we were trying to do too much, mm -hmm. we were trying to fit in too much training, we were trying to work too hard, and we had to switch the, um, switch it up a bit. Yeah, so that I mean, you got to get the balance right, don't you? Yeah, and unfortunately with George and I, both of us tend to do everything 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we're in, we're in. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, it's hard to not be like that. It's hard just to take a step back and, and give that up. Yeah. We are very lucky that both of our jobs still employ us, but just at very reduced hours. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that work for you? Because you were a hairdresser at, is it Lock One and Go? Lock and Ego. Lock and Ego, ah. Um, and so how many, like, do you fly back every couple of weeks or? So I go back every five to six weeks. It really depends on my races. I, I tend to... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good job. <laughs> yeah, I can sort of go back four, five or six week slots. Um, mm -hmm. And I tend to, yeah, use it as my taper week before a race. Yeah. Um, so they, and I go back and I work four days mm -hmm. and my clients very kindly wait for me to come back <laughs> and then I leave again and it's lovely because I get to have my fix of, you know, wearing a normal bra and putting on makeup. <laughs> feeling, well, you wear makeup? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Feeling like a girl again and I, you know, go there and bring back cheddar to France <laughs> and, uh, and then I come back to, to my life in the mountains and it's, it's just right now it's the perfect balance yeah right last forever we're very aware of that but yeah while it does we're gonna make most of it yeah you might as well so yeah get out there and enjoy it all yeah. so <laughs> and so I mean obviously phenomenal results in UTMB are you gonna do it again next year well that depends on the PTL really I think mm -hmm. I'm not sure I kind of I really love the UTMB it is quite a good race for me but I really like running on technical terrain I'm not necessarily that good at it, but I really enjoy the, you know, just keeping, it, it keeps you so much more engaged than, mm. than running on sort of groomed trail and path. So I would actually really like to do the TDS. Oh yeah. So what I may do, if they let me, is actually enter both. And then, because if George's foot is too unstable to do the PTL, I'm going to be like, oh, I really wanted to do this now completely. Yeah. So I don't know. This, my answer at the moment is I don't know what I'll be racing next year. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, as far as other races, I'm probably going to enter the Madeira Ultra Trail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I looks... really want to run that. Looks that looks awesome. good. <laughs> um, but as far as the UTMB races, I'm not sure. To be, to be decided. Okay. <laughs> And what are your top tips for UTMB then, for those people listening that are going to do UTMB? It's a long race. Don't don't blow it at the start. Yeah. Who was it? I don't know who said the quote. Uh, it might have been... I oh know, I can't remember who it was. But it was... Uh, oh no, I'm not even going to remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the first half... Don't be a dickhead, and in the second half, don't be a one. Oh yes, good advice. And that—that that is just like—it's <laughs> a really good thing to take into that race. Yeah. Because it is long, but it is—you know—it is doable. Yeah. You will get there, and just keep going. Just really keep going. You know what? That first year, when it took me 40 hours to finish it. I mean, I'd never been out that long, and 
it was a completely new experience to just be awake for that long. Yeah. But all I knew was that if I just put one foot in front of the other, that I would eventually get to the end. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do. Like, it doesn't matter how long it takes you. It doesn't matter where you think you should finish. I think a lot of people get hit up by this, like, oh, I wanted to be in the top whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is a really long way, and a lot of people don't make it to the end. Yeah. So just get to the finish. That's all you all you can do. Mm-hmm. And then wherever you are, exactly is where you are. You just got to see where it comes out in the wash. And I'd say that about any race, to be honest. You yeah. know, like just do the best you can in every moment and get to the finish, and then see what happens at the end. Because you can't control anybody else's race. No. The only race you can control is your own. Mm-hmm. And enjoy it. Like this is why we do what we do. Yeah. Is to enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure that you're enjoying it. You're not going to enjoy all of it. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> But you can at least enjoy, you know, the volunteers, the, the people out there cheering you on, you know, they, they make that race. They really do. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Mm. Well, I look forward to uh, doing it next year and then seeing what you do next year as well. <laughs> well I might be out cheering for you, who knows? Yeah. Well, hopefully, if you're doing TDS, then yeah, you could be. <laughs> And so it's not just UTMB that you've been doing well at, but um, you did Marathon de Saab a few years ago. I did. Became fourth female. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my first kind of, was my only stage race. And the first, well, it wasn't the first proper ultra I'd done, but that was the my intro, really. Mm-hmm. My husband bought me a place as a birthday present. Oh, that's a nice that, present. That kind of kicked <laughs> off the whole um, ultra running thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very nice birthday present. <laughs> And why have you only done that stage race? No more. I, it's, because stage races are a really big commitment in time. Mm, they are. Uh, and they're generally quite specialised. So like for the MDS, we built a heat chamber in the garage in London so that I could train in 40 degrees in the winter. You know, we drove to Wales so I could drive, run up and down Europe's second highest sand dune. Yeah. <laughs> like I just, it was, it was very specialised training. Um, I also really like racing against other women. Uh-huh. Like I really like it when there is a really strong female feel. That yeah. is just the best thing for me. And I find that the stage races don't often have that. They're, you know, they're usually much smaller, um, which is no, which is no bad thing at all. But they, you know, unfortunately, there's not enough females in the sport. Yeah. You know, we need to get more women running because, you know, these stage races, there's maybe. I don't know, 150 people, and there's maybe three or four fast women. Yeah. There's maybe 20 women there, tops. Yeah. You know, I want to race in races where there's like 20 fast women or 30 fast women, or just, you know, where it's, you've got. And there's hundreds of women overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's very few races that have that, to be honest. I mean, even the UTMB only has 10%. Yeah. Maybe 12% female entrance. Yeah. you know, and I just I like I like racing women. I like I like racing men also, but I like yeah. the fact it's um, I've I've met some of the most amazing women out in these races. Some of my best friends have come from the MDS actually, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of I like that. I want to be surrounded by that. So yeah, stage racing. I'm not saying that I won't do it again, but mm-hmm. it is just a bit more of a commitment. Yeah, for not necessarily the same amount of competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> but you do do the mountain races and you won the Lake Sky Ultra this I year. Did. Yeah. And you were doing the whole Sky Ultra series, weren't you? Yeah, so yeah. I um I 
I love the Lake Sky Ultra. I really love it. Like the, I've only this is the second time I've run it, and the first time I ran it, Charlie said to me, "Just try not to die." And I was like, "Great, that that's a race briefing I can get behind." <laughs> you know, like it's the sort of race where if you sprain an ankle, you are expected to get off the mountain yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's actual proper like you are out there competing against people, but also the environment. Yeah, and they're interesting. They're really interesting races. And I've always wanted to run Glencoe, um, but it's always been so close to the UTMB that I haven't done it. That this was kind of my like. I'm, ne- I'm never going to do it if I don't do it this year. So I went entered in that, and I, as a result of that, because I was doing those two, I thought I may as well try and do three and do the one in Morn, which is in two weeks, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be nice to go and experience a different, mm. different race. Also, just nice to do some new races. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's why we race as well, isn't it? For the yeah, adventure and travel and. Yeah. Very e- I, I find it very easy to race the same races because I normally fall in love with them. <laughs> and then I want to go back and race them again, like the UTMB and Lavarado and yeah. Trans Gran Canaria. Um, but I, I really force myself to make sure that I have a few other races in there that are new and other possibilities of falling in love. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always find I like doing races twice because. I find the first time you learn so much about the race and about how you could do better and then you have to go back a second time to do better. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, like my husband keeps telling me, that like, you've got to do well the first time so you don't have to go back. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, quite hard to, it's quite hard to pull that off though. Yeah. <laughs> and so what makes the Skyline races different to any other sort of trail races? Um, they're just um, more interesting terrain, you know, the sky at least the extreme sky races if there's a path you won't be taking it mm-hmm. you know you'll be like they pretty much well at least the two that i have run in have involved full body running right so you're <laughs> on your hands and knees there's you know like glencoe i did lots of bum sliding okay it's <laughs> that's always good that's what it's there for yeah there's a it's just it's a different skill set yeah, it really is a lot of scrambling and exactly. Yeah, you know, they they vet you for these. Well, at least the extreme ones they vet you for, so you mm. aren't allowed to do them unless you are comfortable rock climbing effectively because you are running up scrambling routes. Yeah, um, but they're really fun. They're just really really fun, and you have there's so many different parts to them that you just have to keep on your toes. There's no like zoning out. You know, there's yeah. no being able like. I guess it's different because it's a longer race, but you know, when I've been tired at the UTMB, there have been moments that I have run with my eyes shut. <laughs> but on on trail and on roads that you are able to do that. Yeah. You know, the sky races don't have those. No. <laughs> yeah, they are could... much shorter races, and it would be quite dangerous to yeah. do it. So <laughs> no one tries. Yeah. <laughs> but it's that you know they are so technical that mm-hmm. it just keeps you keeps you going. Yeah. Good. And so where, what's your standings? Is there like an overall for these three races then? So I don't really know. I am um, I, I'm hoping to do all right in the UK sort of standings, mm-hmm. but I haven't really been able to find out what that is or where <laughs> they are. So <laughs> You'll find out afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd run the three races and see what happens at the end, basically. <laughs> Well, a bit like how you say to run the races anyway. Exactly. Where you'll be is where you, you'll be. Exactly. <laughs> Excellent. And 
you did Trans Grand Canary, you've done that twice? I have run them that race, in one of those races, every year since 2013. Oh, right. <laughs> so, it, Trans Grand Canaria was my first international race that I did. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I did the advanced to train for the MDS. Yeah. And I just loved it. Like mm. it's in February, so you escape the, the UK winter. Yeah, it has lots of really interesting parts that you get to run through. And subsequently, we went back and spent a lot of time there over the years. Um, it's been a real proving ground for me that race. Mm -hmm. Like I've I've learnt a lot. Yeah, running that race, and so I've kind of gone there. I've wrecked it. I've run it backwards and forwards. I know that race like the back of my hand. And, <laughs> It's just, it's such a cool island, you know, like people don't really go to the Canaries because they think they're these awful, like, tourist destinations. Yeah. But they're awesome, So much more. Aren't they? Yeah. Like, there's, you know, there's so much cool running, like, road biking, mountain biking, rock climbing, just, there's like loads of stuff to be had. Yeah. You just got to get out of Mass Palomas. And, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, even the other islands, I used to do a training weekend where I would fly on Saturday morning to Tenerife mm -hmm. and run the Blue Trail route which is a race so I would run halfway up to the refuge halfway up the volcano to the refuge stay the night there get up in the morning and run up and over the top and back down to the sea and then get the flight back on Sunday evening and be back at work on Monday <laughs> but you know like you can do that yeah. sure it's hard but it's you've got these people in the UK that are like, oh there's no mountains to train on it's just like you have to get creative yeah and basically, a flight to the Canaries is just as cheap as perhaps booking a B&B away in Wales or something. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's the, the thing about them being these tourist destinations is that they do cheap, keep the tourists keep the flights cheap. Yeah. So you can get win, there win. and back and it's not, you know, it's not, so, it's not so bad. Yeah. And you get to be in the sun. Yes. In the winter. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. I have to say I quite like Trans Grand Canaria as well. been twice now myself so yeah and probably not the last time I'd imagine <laughs> yeah no we are we're definitely a bit of a sucker for it yeah <laughs> and it's a good excuse for a holiday as well a race like that of course tag on a few more days and yeah, exactly which is good and the supporters are really nice and it's a really well-run race and yeah it's, it's fun it's getting much more it's, I mean it's grown exponentially since I first did it in 2013 there's so many more people racing it which is really cool you know yeah, yeah. it's really amazing that they're able to grow that side of their tourism as well yeah and I love that about those sorts of races how there's different distances so you can go yeah. with like a group of friends and someone can be running you know the marathon and you can be doing the 125k or even the, you know, the, 360. the 360 yeah <laughs> but everyone can be doing something of all different abilities yet you're all there together that's great yeah I think that's that's really nice to see and a lot of races these days is that they are extending their distances so that there are options you know yeah. like as I said my husband can't really at the moment at least we'll see do the long <laughs> races but you know when we went to Glencoe I entered him into the vertical kilometer oh yeah so even having just short races like that that other people can get involved in you know yeah. 10ks like it's it's good yeah it makes it more accessible and we need to make trail running accessible because yeah it brings so much joy to so many people and I think a lot of people get very scared of the distances so if we have the shorter races and introduce people into trail running in those distances instead of you know the 100 miles then yeah it's funny these things they just grow yeah no it's good and what about women getting into the trail running and ultra running how how else do you think we can get more women doing it because 
I find it odd as well. It's like, why aren't, why isn't every woman doing it? Cause it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, this is the big question that we're talking about a lot at the moment. It's like, why, why are there so few women doing it? Yeah. What is stopping women from doing it? Um, I think time is a, is a big thing. You know, I don't think anybody thinks twice about men going out for three-hour runs or, you know, I don't have a family yet, but, you know, a lot of women that have families, it's seen as being selfish to take that time out for yourself. Um, and I think we need to swap around the kind of conversation on that because actually I'm a nicer, calmer person because I run. <laughs> yeah. My husband sends me out for runs. You know, it do, it's better for my mental health. It's better for everything about me that I run. And I think that um, as women, we need to start encouraging other women to do that so that they feel that they are allowed to have that time out, that they're allowed to have that hour a day that's for themselves, that's not, you know, necessarily for someone else or looking after a house or all of these roles that we don't mean to but that we fall into. Yeah. Um, I think things like night running. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women are really scared to run at night. Yeah. I love it. Like it's one of, oh, I absolutely adore night running. <laughs> Just it's, it, You see the world from a completely different perspective when you strap on a head torch and you head out into the mountains. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of women wouldn't feel safe doing that. So maybe we need to have, you know, night running groups. Yeah. Maybe we need to uh, start just asking asking women who are maybe doing road running or who maybe are just starting out in their running sort of careers what support we can give them to get them out more. Mm. What would make them feel more comfortable? Yeah, I think the night running is a big thing. Because when I was in Edinburgh, we, um, my friend and I, we supported the Run in the Dark series, and we set that up in in Edinburgh. And it was amazing the amount of women that came along, and they'd come because they felt safer to run in a group, because they're not used to running in the dark, they don't know how to run with a head torch. But to do a five or a ten k in the dark in the safety of numbers, they just felt really comfortable doing it. And hopefully, some of them have then gone on and you know continued with it as well. But yeah, I think yeah maybe the the group night runs that yeah. could be a good shout just some just i don't know just starting to get women out mm. like i've I, yes i want lots of women in these races because i want more women to race with but i don't i don't just want the woman at the front of the pack like we need women right the way through yeah yeah you know it's it's just the sense of achievement that you get from having done something which you didn't think was possible because yeah. you don't, do you? When you start these races, you're like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. Like, yes. To be able to actually do that is, is huge. And I think women need to maybe be a bit more supportive of women. Mm-hmm. I think men could do with being a bit more supportive of women too. <laughs> I've definitely had some uh, interesting comments over the years about my running. I had a guy halfway around the UTMB once tell me that I was running too fast. Okay. I've had a I lot of... beat him. No, uh, I did. They, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he, uh, him and his wife had pulled out before the end and I saw them at one of the aid stations. I think she'd probably told him off for what he said to me. And he came <laughs> over and apologised. But, you know, just things like that. I think there's so many women out there who are really challenging what we think is possible for a female's body to do. Yeah. You know, be it Mimi Kotka, be it Caroline Chavarot or even Sophie Power mm, yeah I mean what she did at UTMB uh, was just incredible three months after having a baby yeah and it's, I, it's not going to be for everyone but no. you know, the fact that the UTMB doesn't have a pregnancy deferral policy is yeah but if you're injured you can defer yeah 
but if you have a baby you can't it's crazy yeah it really is and so we need more of that yeah. we need to make trail running racing more accessible for women and you know an option instead of it being like oh well it's going to take too much time or oh but if I get pregnant I'll lose my race place mm. you know like yeah we've got to be supportive of these, these women out there who want to start running yeah exactly and that you know the men can be as supportive as they like but at the end of the day if you know you can't defer your place then yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're stuck aren't you you work so, so hard to get into the UTMB and it's just it's so short-sighted of them yeah it really is because you know realistically there's going to be what maybe two pregnancy yeah. deferrals a year exactly it's, just, it's not like the whole field's suddenly going to no. be pregnant like come on <laughs> it's just it's just astounding that that can be the case in such a, a well-known race yeah that people put so much time and effort into getting into um yeah, I don't know. And also, because I guess because there are a lot of women my age, you know, who are thinking about having children and who don't want to give up their racing life and then have that sudden barrier as well. It just makes it, it, makes it harder to make that decision to sort of pull back and to yeah. take the step into the family if you know that, you know, you can't defer or you can't get back into it so easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah still a lot more to be done. There is. But we're working it is on progressing. It. <laughs> it is progressing. It is. We are definitely working on yeah. it. Yeah. And open to ideas as to how we can keep it going. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be changed. More change. Good. Well, hopefully we'll still see you next year. Not having any babies just yet. <laughs> um, and obviously you've done fantastic at races, but have you had any DNFs? I have had one DNF at a seven mile fell race um, <laughs> in the UK. Because I sprained my ankle. Okay. I don't really do DNFs. Mm -hmm. I ran uh, the, the first year that I ran Trans Grand Canaria. I the long race at least. I yeah. had a, an absolute nightmare in the second half because I'd never run that far before. Because I didn't know if I could do that, and it was the first time I'd sort of thrown up. And I <laughs> things weren't going very well, and I uh, I wanted to pull out. And I got to my husband and I was like, I can't do this. I got to an A station, so I'm done. I thought I was last. I was like, this is it, I'm last. I'm the only person left out here. I'm, I'm gonna pull out. Yeah. And he flat out refused to let me do that. <laughs> there was absolutely no way that George was gonna let me pull out. I cried, I screamed, I sat on a rock, I threw a massive tantrum. And he was just like, you are not pulling out of this race. So I didn't, I finished. And it was really hard and really long. But he said to me, if you pull out of this race, it's going to be so easy for you to pull out of another. Yeah. And you were going to be absolute hell to live with if you don't finish. And there was nothing wrong with me, you know. No. Like, it was just hard. Yeah. And I wasn't doing as well as I thought that I should. And after that race, we made an agreement that I was no longer responsible for whether or not I finished a race. So if I'm having a hard time in a race, a medic can pull me out. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. Um, and George can pull me out. Okay. So all I know I have to do is get to George. <laughs> And he'll make the decision. Absolutely. Um, and so that having that is huge because it just takes away the option. Of, yeah. Because you're always going to feel terrible in races. You know, there's always going to be moments where you don't think you're going to finish or like, am I doing serious damage to my body or like, there's, yeah. you know. You suddenly make up a whole lot of things. vision in one eye, yeah. like all sorts of stuff. Um, but I just, I just think it's not good for your psyche to pull out. So... Yes, if you are injured. Yes, if you need to. Absolutely. But if you're just having a bad day, yeah, like, 
I don't know. For me, it's not an option. <laughs> Very strong-minded. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, like, I do these races. You're sure it's lovely to do well. But I do these races because I love them. Yeah. I don't do them just to get points or to get ranked somewhere. I do them because I want to go and have an adventure in the mountains with other like-minded people who are also out there to have an adventure in the mountains. Yeah. So to pull out for any other reason, really, the medical issues just defeats the whole purpose of why you're there absolutely for me anyway i know everyone has their own opinions on that but Mm -hmm. that's that's my that's my attitude towards it and i uh i like it because it means that i get to see all of these races through to the finish yeah okay and so you do a lot of races and have you done any self challenges like fkts or no no but There is one that I would really like to do. Uh-huh. Which one's that? I'd like to break uh, Chase Bragg's record on the uh, length of New Zealand. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I could see you liking to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I think it would be amazing for a New Zealand woman to mm. hold that record. Okay. I mean, I yeah. would just, I mean, I'd like to run it. And yeah. Breaking the record would be amazing, but mm. I, it's not, you know, but. And what is his record? Mm, I think it's about 52 days. Okay. So what year are you planning this? I don't know. <laughs> don't when know. can you fit it in? Yeah. The good thing is it's opposite seasons though. You can do the summer season here and then, yeah. you know. I don't think he was very well after he finished that. So I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah. it's a it's a work in progress, that one. Just okay. sowing that seed. Yeah. We'll see. Stay Hopefully hit him for up that. for some advice before yes. I do it. <laughs> but I, I've not done a lot of running in New Zealand. So mm-hmm. I didn't run when I lived there. You know, I, it wasn't even on my radar. So I'd like to go back and just and do a lot, you know, do a lot more of the running there. I'm going back in November, well, December, November, December to run the Kepler. Oh yeah. To see a bit more of it. So, yeah, doing the length would be pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I look forward to seeing <laughs> those plans come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, I have to rope in a massive support team for that. I think. Yeah. He did say it was the closest he's ever come to dying. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes you want to do it, though. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course it does. <laughs> if it's so almost impossible, it's like then, even more yeah. appealing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what about something that is also impossible, like the Barclay Marathon? No female oh. finisher. Do you know what? <laughs> I can't navigate my way out of paper bag. <laughs> I've added on two miles to a half marathon before. Okay. A marked half marathon, <laughs> might I add. Right. Um, it's. I mean, it just looks incredible, but it is just the most nuts race. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's one of those ones that you, the longer you let it sit with you, the more you think you might want to do it. Mm-hmm. But I would have to learn to navigate. Yeah. Um, and you know, get in. Who knows? Yeah. Like you just, it's yeah. I don't know. I just don't know about the navigation. Yeah, I know that puts me off as well. And yeah, you watch the video of it again and then you're like, no. I mean, it's just, no. it is amazing though. Yeah. It is really amazing. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Well, before we wrap things up, I've got a few quick fire questions for you as well. So, what is your favorite running inspiration? Favorite running inspiration? Yeah. Mountains. Like, 
running in the mountains is yeah. probably the thing I'm most inspired by. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as people? Yeah. Is there a person? Uh, is there a person? Yeah, people like Oro Gozio. Yeah. You know, like the ones that get out there and just have an absolute blast. Yeah. But I yeah. know, she's always smiling. Just yeah. She does it for the love races. of it. And yeah. I just, I have so much time for that. Yeah. But yeah, the environment for me is my mm-hmm. running inspiration, is being out in nature. Yeah. That's a good one to have. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite running book? Oh, these are hard. There's so many I like. It's like an exam. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. Um, I, you know what? Born to Run really opened my eyes to the possibility of longer distance yeah. races. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely loved that book. I yeah. really did. Because it just, it was kind of like, wow, people are doing really crazy stuff. Have um, a fancy running that race then. Oh, I just, it's, yeah, there's so many races. Yeah. And so little time. <laughs> oh, if only someone would just pay you to go running around the world for a few years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just try them all out. Yeah. So like a little race review of all the races around the world. <laughs> and as much as, yeah, it sounds like you don't really eat that much on while you're running, but what is your favourite running food if you can stomach it? <laughs> My favourite running food, if I can stomach it. That's a really hard one. Um, Probably tailwind. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I know. Honestly, it's just, it's so hard for me to eat. Yeah. That I haven't really had the opportunity to try lots of food. Watermelon. Watermelon's quite good. Okay. Yeah. Tailwind and watermelon. It doesn't always stay down, the watermelon. So, you know, it's it's hard because quite often I think about, well, which food might go in, but it was also not that bad coming back up again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's your favourite running trail? That's really hard. If you had one day left to run, where would you run? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Oh, I really, really don't know. I would quite like to go back and run uh, Grand Raid Reunion, Diagonal to oh, yeah. That That trail was just so cool. Mm. Like, there's like comedy-sized bamboo and <laughs> waterfalls, and it was like being on the set of Lost. Okay. It was just incredible. So I would love to go back and run that route again. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard racing it, but I would love to just take my time over that yeah but I don't, there's just too many there's too many good trails to run on yeah I know it's a really hard one <laughs> it's really hard <laughs> and what's your if you have one what's your favorite running mantra apart from just get to George <laughs> yeah, just, just keep going to be honest that's that's kind of what I go for is just keep moving forward yeah it doesn't matter what speed you're going at just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward okay <laughs> And so how can people follow you on social media? You're on Instagram and Twitter. I am. I'm on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook as Sophie Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's fantastic. <laughs> and next up we've got Morn Skyline then. Morn Skyline. Two weeks. And then the Kepler. Excellent. New Zealand. Well, best of luck for those. Thank you very much. And yeah, look forward to catching up with you when the snow falls in Chamonix. Yes. And we're going to learn, well, I'm going to learn how to cross-country ski. Yes. (laughs) And we'll get you skinning uphill. Of course. (laughs) Great. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. And we'll speak to you later.